0: Welcome to Wisdom Plug Podcast with your host, Yemi Davids. The wiser you are, the better you live. Power in the word. And it's a a series that we believe will equip each one of us uh, uh, in our journey uh, of victories, in our journey through life. And uh, we're going to talk, uh, you know, about studying the Word of God, how to study God's Word, how to understand God's Word, you know, various aspects, the benefits of His Word, you know. And, and many people will need to just refresh themselves along this line because we're in a time when yardstick seems to be disappearing. Everybody's trying to create their own, like, yardstick. Some people are using their traditional mindset some are using a secular mindset. Uh, uh, and if you, if, you, if, you, if you are leaning on what is not the truth, it will disappoint you. It's just a matter of time. So it's important that as believers, as covenant people, we return to our own yardstick that lives and abides forever. As scripture says, heaven and earth may pass away, but his word remains uh, the same. So the God's word would outlast whatever theories, whatever ideologies, whatever things you hear on the news, in various uh, places. As long as it's not matching up with the truth, God's word would outlast it. So it's better you stay with the word. We begin from John chapter 1, verse 1. I would like you to concentrate. Do not uh, be distracted by anything and don't distract anybody. If you are in the service, make sure you are in the service. Glory to God. John chapter 1, verse 1. Can we read this together? We're going to read uh, like five verses. Are you there? Ask your neighbor, are you here? Okay. Ask your neighbor, Very are you here? Okay. In the beginning was what? And the word was? And the word was God. Now this is enough to tell you about the efficacy of the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and then the word was God verse 2 he was in the beginning with God the word in the beginning with God verse 3 all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made verse 4 in him was life. That means the word of God carries life. And that life was the light of men. That life in the word is what we use to subdue darkness. is the, the word that lightens you. You are like a light bulb. Okay, now, can you imagine you as a light bulb? When you come on, can darkness stay? No, darkness never negotiates with light. The moment light shows up, darkness must give way. So the more the word of God penetrates our lives, the more the enemy, the more the devil, the more anything about darkness is subdued. But the moment your word life begins to go low, you find that darkness... I mean, look at this uh, facility. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit lighted now. The moment you put off the light, what happens immediately? Is it that after you put off the light then darkness will now, you know, be coming, like, walking, you no know, instanter. And the moment you put on the light again, darkness uh, gives way. Verse 5, and the light does what? Shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, of course, the darkness cannot handle it. The moment the light shines, darkness must give way. Verse 14, I caught my attention several years ago, and when I'm praying with the word, Uh, That is always my desire, that whatever I'm seeing in the word, I want to see uh, um, 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 come to pass practically, okay? The word becoming flesh. Whatever you see as a promise, whatever you see as God's declaration, whatever you see as God's truth, you want to see it manifest in real time, touchable, seeable, feelable, eatable, experienceable. And the word became what? Flesh. And what? dwelt amongst us. Jesus came as the word. It became flesh. But in this context, I'm saying when the word becomes flesh, that is what we call testimonies. When there's a word about fruitfulness, for instance, and that word becomes flesh in your life and dwells with you, you have the physical fruitfulness. When the word of favor, you know, becomes flesh inside your life, you experience practical, touchable favor. When the word of God concerning divine protection comes, I mean, comes alive in you, you experience practical protection. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as, as of the only begotten of the Father. So John chapter 1, uh, 1 to 5 and verse 14 gives us uh, a start up on how powerful the word is. The very first verse you know, it's it's staring enough, it and the word was God. Almost, I mean, as automatic as saying, if Shefu uh, carries the word, the revealed word, you carry God. You understand that? And the word was God. So those are uh, uh, is a good foundation to lay. I want us to just uh, look at one or uh, two or three or four or five things that. I believe God's Word does for us. And next uh, week, we'll talk about how to study God's Word, how to get into it, how to make that Word become flesh. Okay? Uh, The first thing I want to say is that God cannot do anything outside of His Word. I think you need to remember that. Because I've seen people pray all kinds of prayers. Your prayer life is impotent without the Word. God cannot do anything, you know, Outside his word, I saw a verse, I think it's in Psalms 138, verse 2. King James Version, KJV, uh, Psalms 138, verse 2, that God has exalted his word above all his name. Thank you. Said, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy what? Thy word above all thy name so even the name of jesus will only work her uh, based on something in the word he, i mean Ken Hagin was sharing a story a man came to him that he should pray uh that he should pray about something he said what it is what is it he said he should pray uh, that god should give him another man's wife i mean it was i thought it was a joke he said he was wondering okay what scripture covers that he said he doesn't care that he likes the woman now that looks very out of out of the box, but it's a true story. The man, and he was married though. Not that he wasn't married though. He was not a single man though. He was married. The lady was he was married, and he was praying, asking that he should pray. So many people want to say God is the God of possibilities. God can do anything. They just bring all kinds of wishes, all kinds of things. Now, now having a great wish is not a problem, but do you have a scripture to back it up? So it's like in a law court. What, what will you say God has said about this? That we compel him to do it. There are those who pray and talk to God about things that are outside God's plans, God's word. There are some others that pray about things that are covered in the word, but they don't know the word. For instance, everybody likes divine protection, Right? It's a good thing. But do you know the word that covers it? So when you are talking to God even in prayers, you are able to present his word back to him. Or you are just talking general emotions, general desires. 1 John 5 verse 14 and 15. It's important that you grow in the word. It strengthens your prayer life and nobody can study the word for you when you are word lazy you are prayer impotent when you are word lazy you are powerless now this now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask what anything according to his look at you know if you remove that last line if you ask anything according to his will Then, he responds to us. The question is, do you know his will? God's will is revealed in his word. God's will is revealed, maybe I can say it's revealed in his revealed word. Because, uh, I think we'll deal with that next week. The word itself on the surface does not benefit anybody. Anybody can read this. It's called Bible knowledge. But we have what we call uh, revelation knowledge. When you come to an understanding of it, anybody can just read it. Psalm ninety-one, just read it. But there's there's something about revealed to you. The Holy Ghost opens your eyes to seeing it. When it's revealed to you, it becomes like a personal property. Now, when you are praying, you pray with confidence. So the question I want to, you know, ask you: When you are praying about your children, you are praying about the future. You are praying about your legs. You are praying about your back. You are praying about your husband or your wife. Are you just praying like a religious person or a word person? Anybody can display emotion. I mean, just like a law court. Can I imagine going to the law court and start saying, no, you should not have done that to me. It's not right to do that kind of thing to a human being. It's wrong does not hold water. A lawyer, a competent uh, lawyer or a learned person will have to tell the judge and say according to section this, subsection this, this is wrong. So the judge will will be compelled to respond to that constitution. So you can imagine when you are not growing in the word, your prayer life is very weak. You can't even fight the enemy. The enemy respects the word, not your Christ. Crying is not a wrong not a wrong thing, shouting is not a wrong thing, as long as there is faith inside it. Somebody that is talking quietly with robust faith in their heart will produce more fruits than you shouting and shouting and shouting with empty heart. But I can imagine you with loaded faith in your heart and then in your prayer, you get uncommon results. Glory to God. Okay, God God cannot do anything outside the confines of His uh, word or his will, and his will is revealed in his word. Then I said, The will of God, when I say, What is the will of God? The will of God is revealed in his word. When I ask uh, you, What is the will of God concerning this matter? What is the will of God concerning long life? The will of God is revealed in his word, not in what your sister experienced. Right? Not in what your nation is experiencing. Not in what you experienced in the past. The will of God is revealed where? In his word. Hmm. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. This was very comforting for me. Especially if you did not grow up in a very prosperous family. I have friends that um, their parents were very prosperous in terms of finances. So as we were believing God for certain things, they were not really believing because they were receiving it. And it got me angry because I was asking, why was my dad? What happened to you? I remember when uh, I left university and, well, you know, finished serving, living with some friends, and then we were all living by faith. And it was time to get an accommodation in in a metropolis like Lagos. And, you know, it was a a good adventure that we're all, you know, trusting God for accommodation funds to pay for your housing, you know. And some of us were just believing God and saving money. And then one of our friends, he didn't bother to save anything because his dad built him two um, duplexes. Two. And gave it to him. You know, it's annoying to you. They are trying to save. You are not saved. You <laughs> are not saved. I'm saved. <laughs> and then the father gave it to him. We are there. And they said you should rent one out. And then move to the other one when he gets married. Ah. He was not thinking of renting one of them to us. <laughs> That's power of inheritance. We'll talk about that someday. A whole series on inheritance. Inheritance is powerful. Is his fault? Does your anger change it? What has been labored for, you receive it. Yes, yes. But this verse was a turning point for me. That even if your parents or grandparents does not give you a, a is it a dime? We call it a dime. A dime. Dime. D I M E. M E. Okay. <laughs> Glory to God. In naira. He says, so now, brethren, I commend you to who? To God and to the word of his grace, which is able to do what? Build you up. God's word builds up. It does not reduce you. Build you up and do what? And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Even if my parents didn't give me anything, when I saw this, I saw Abraham's blessings as my inheritance. I I I embraced it because this is my own house, this is my own future, and then it worked, and it's still working. Now, I I really don't have friends to envy in that pattern because you have your inheritance, I have mine. And the world has become flesh. It's becoming flesh again and again. In fact, this inheritance is is a billion times more than what your parents can give to you. No parent can give you protection or peace in your marriage. They can give you a house and you can be fighting that house and destroy the house. In fact, you can be so penniless and sell the house. if you have inheritance from your parents, great. Receive it. Then this one, you need to appropriate this to have a meaningful life. This The word of God is our inheritance. The covenant word. The revealed word. Jesus paid the price for your sickness. You don't have to pay it again. You receive it. It's inheritance. So God's word reveals to you the will. You know that word will? Will. When somebody has a property... You know what? Wheels it to the air. <laughs> so that word will covers many things. The will of God, that's God's thoughts. But also the inheritance of God for me, he died on the cross and left me a new covenant or a new will. But if you don't even know what is in the will, you can be suffering. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest pastors that lived. In um, London, Charles Purgeon shared a powerful story about inheritance. A woman had a problem. Old woman. She 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 was struggling to even eat. She was older. And they made a statement there, and they said, That woman, that she, she worked for a particular woman before she died. And then when that woman died, I think she retired. I was just living like you know, like, like a rat, you know, just enduring. I think she had a health problem. And then they went to her house to visit her, like to pray for her, something. And then uh, Charles Spurgeon, they saw an artwork in her house. And they just recognized that this artwork, they've been looking for it. It looks like what they're looking for. So they called those people and said, this is the artwork. And when they opened the back of the artwork, that woman had left inheritance for that woman. Did you know it was, I mean, this is a true story. Not casual. Properties. You know, some of those folks that live, maybe they don't have children, but she served that woman for decades. You know, those kind of someone that of serves for years and years, and she willed so many things to her. She didn't know. And they brought it out. Say, so, Wow, this is somebody. It's not even about eating, or she should even be giving out. So when you don't know your inheritance, you can be suffering, and there's nothing the person that gave you can do. You don't know it. Knowledge of the scripture delivers you. You can't be asking God, is it your will for me to live next year? When you you talk like that, you don't know his will. And people still do that. Lord, as I'm traveling, if it's your will, let me come back. Hey, it's not his will. You're already expressing doubt, and the devil knows that. that Because if you know your will, (laughs) his will, there is an aggression, there is a confidence, there's an approach. When something belongs to you, and there's a way you yank it out from your brother's hand. Another story of a man that boarded a, uh, a ship. Many of us are aware of the story. He boarded a ship from uh, Europe, was going to the Americas. All, all, all those times people we were migrating from Europe to America. And the guy saved money. So just buy the ticket of the of the, of the of the of the of the of the trip, and when he got in, he was so happy. He was too happy that wow, finally I'm leaving Europe and I'm going to America, a land of uh, what do they call it, uh, of what opportunity. Yeah, you know that alone was enough excitement. Then he bought a lot of um, biscuits. So every morning they would see him eating biscuit, you know. And then they, you know they, they, they have these bunks that they stay. And the other, the, the, the mate would go for uh, lunch, I mean, breakfast and lunch and dinner. And they will ask him, so are you not coming for uh, breakfast? He said, no, no, he's not coming. And he was doing like, uh, like, I'm not coming. But in his mind, the reason he's not going is because he didn't pay for the food. And after some few days, the guy insisted, why are you not coming to eat? He said, actually, guy, I, I didn't pay for the food. I only paid for the ticket. And the guy said, ah. That ticket money covers for your feeding on this journey. Very innocent mistake, but people can die of that. And they would have flew a plane the first time. I've had stories that people would have flew a plane when I was having them food, very careful. That, <laughs> this one that they are giving me food. Yes, I have stories like that. I won't mention any comedian's name. I mean, because the, the, the fear is if I finish eating now and they don't bring the bill, I don't have the money, so let me just avoid all these things. Hmm. Knowledge. That that ticket money you suffered for, you, you saved, covered your feeding. So all those days or whatever times he missed eating, he was just suffering. And the same thing happens when people get born again. The joy of salvation is fantastic. But I need to let you know that what Jesus paid for was more than just saving you. He paid for your future. He paid for your health. He paid for your financial future. He covered many. And as you studied inheritance, you will now see other things that our salvation covers. See what David said now in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He was outlining the inheritance. Okay, the first one, salvation. Who forgives all my iniquities? But do you know that that is where many people stopped? I'm saved, I want to go to heaven I, I, I will make heaven with God But he said, who heals all your diseases Tonight As we take this communion Every disease dies I said the root of every disease will dry up In the name of Jesus I speak to that person's health That sickness will never get worse On the platform of covenant inheritance. Jesus paid for my total health. So I bring every sickness. I bring every disease. Under the authority of the name of Jesus. And I command the disease to bow. I command the sickness to bow. In Jesus name. The same potency of the salvation. Is the potency of the the healing. And it doesn't stop there. He said who rescues my life. From what? From the, That's protection. Is part of what he paid for. With his blood. With his life. So uh, you will see end of this year, Hill and Hattie. Any kind of destruction ravaging the world by the blood of the covenant, I declare that you are exempted. I say we are exempted. With long life it will satisfy you and show you salvation. You are rescued from fire hazards. You are rescued from a sinking ship. You are rescued from plane crash. Accident crash. You are rescued from destruction. I said we are rescued from destruction. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Who crowns you. With loving kindness. And tender mercies. The same veracity of the salvation. Is the same blessing. Of his loving kindness. And tender mercies. I call that favor. Tender mercies. I say you will see kindness. You will experience loving kindness and tender mercies. And then he said, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed. You will eat properly. That one, I would like to you, it concerns your career, your business and your finances. He says, it satisfies my mouth with what? Good things. And my youth is what? Renewed. That means your career is blessed. finances blessed. It will influence your lifestyle, your living standard, which affects your health in the name of Jesus. He satisfies your mouth with what? Good thing. Another thing he feeds you with is the communion. As partake of this meal, your your youth is renewed. Let me say this, even when you are eating well physically, if there is a disease in your body, you will not be looking youthful. Disease as a way of, you know, decaying human. As a way of affecting your development. But this spiritual meal, this thing that satisfies your mouth. As you partake of his flesh and his blood. Anything in our system that is affecting our youthfulness. It dies in Jesus name. Our youth is renewed. Our health is renewed. He satisfies my mouth with good things. Now look at it. You know, when I said, is satisfied by my mouth with good things, I started with um, your job. I now talk about communion. That is how revelation operates. Anybody reading it on the surface now, will just say, okay, i satisfied by my mouth. Okay, I'll eat well. But this is also the table of the covenant. This one renews your youth even more than the things you eat. Because sickness can be very devastating. When a particular organ in the body, like the kidney or the liver or any of them, begins to trouble a man, it can be youthful. He can't, he can't, even if you live in a mansion, he will start decaying, it's small, small. But when that thing is healed, and all the things are working well, his youth is renewed. So I don't know why I'm saying this tonight, sickness dies. I see the power of God touching everyone on the side of my voice. You are watching from your office, from your home, and you are going to take communion this evening. I see liberty, I see total health, I see healing. Give that communion to that your child. I don't know who that child is. As that child takes that communion tonight. That sickness disappears. The glory of God comes upon that child. And his youth. uh, His body. The tissues. The organs are renewed over that child. In the name of Jesus Christ. That is inheritance. So as you study God's word. you, You have an understanding of his inheritance. The revealed word also. Is the place of power. Hebrews 4:12 God's word is what you use to fight. In fact, in Ephesians it says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. If you check all the uh, armor of God, I don't know whether the armor of God oh, very good she said breastplate of righteousness nobody else you know Amen. Which other one again? Amen. Of righteousness. Yes. Amen. Of distinguishing. Yes. Shield of what? Amen. I thought it was a shield of patience. Shield of faith. Belt of truth. Boot of the gospel. Breastplate of righteousness. All those other armor are part of the armor. They are defensive. The shield. You are defending something. The breastplate. You are defending something. All of them. The only one on the offensive is what? The sword, you, don't, you, you, you you cut with the sword. And that, that is what you need to be hmm, on the cutting edge. I was, uh, I was discussing with Bishop Edipo on um, Monday. We were talking, and he said, I what was the theme of their program coming up? He said, uh, Mother Conqueror. He said, you see, there is a realm where you are fighting. He said, but there's another realm where, when there's a fight, you enter the ring. The enemy refuses to show up. Because he knows that he's showing up his own devastation. That's why you are more than a conqueror. But he says it's a, it's a function of light, revelation. And that's the realm we should be in. The devil has sense. So. Let me tell you, madman knows when there's fire. Have you noticed that when Jesus appeared in some places, it's the demon that begins to shout. Demons should be saying, why have you come to what? Torment. Torment. So, why should the devil not be tormenting you? You understand? Somebody is saying, I'm being tormented in my dream. And somebody else is standing, and the demons is saying, why have you come to torment us? We are to torment. We are to... They, they, They should not even stand. But you see, it's a function of the word. They won't be pressing you again in the dream. I was preaching somewhere last week. I said, have you noticed that even the... Sorry, the... The economic situation is even affecting witches and wizards. They don't even feed people in the dream anymore. Well, as <laughs> When last year, they fed in the dream, in Nigeria especially. You go and feed the Nigerian in the dream now. You'll be surprised in the response in the dream. Thank you. They will finish plates, first plate, and ask the other witches, do you have another extra plate for us? <laughs> A demon was telling Jesus, okay, we we'll just take one to the pigs. They were negotiating with him. Not that they should not be the one pressing you. There are many people that have emotions. But if you sit them down, they don't know jack in the world. And the reason for this series is for you to get into the world for yourself. Your standing should be the standing of dominion. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church Think Greatness Achieve Greatness